Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and I am here with my dear friend, Dr. Marty Greer. We have just come back from the International Kennel Club of Chicago the fabulous shows at McCormick Place. We had a lovely time hanging out together and we are so grateful for the listeners who came and found us and sought us out. So thank you guys. Today, we are going to talk about a listener request. So you guys know this is a thing, right? If you have something you want to know about, just send me an email, shoot me a private message, whatever it takes, and we will do a podcast for you. And that's what Marty and I are doing today. We had somebody request a podcast specifically about puppy strangles. And so we're going to talk about some of the kind of oddball things that we can see in our puppies. Puppy strangles, puppy pyoderma, and say the one, Marty, because I can't say the word. The eyeball one. Neonatal ophthalmia. There you go. Ophthalmia. There we go. So we're going to talk about some of these things because when you're just getting started, or even if you've been at it for a while, these things happen. Neonatal ophthalmia. I experienced the first time when I was probably 17, maybe 18. And it was a wire hair pointer litter. My parents were gone. And this poor little puppy had her eyeball all swollen up and there was green goo coming out of it. I was hysterical. And I only remember how old I was because I had to drive her to the vet. So I knew that I was old enough to drive. That's what I can remember. So anyway, we're going to share some deets with you guys. And I think that this will be helpful for you going forward. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trupanion can give you peace of mind knowing your pet is covered in the event of an unexpected accident or illness. Even better, Trupanion can pay your veterinarian directly and has no payout limits. So you'll never have to choose between what's best for your pet and what's best for your wallet. And if you're a breeder, you can join Trupanion's free breeder support program and get a special offer to share with your puppy buyers that waives all the waiting periods. So coverage goes into effect immediately. And when I was at the garden this summer, I was hanging out with Trupanion and I got a chance to catch up with Cindy. She's a breeder who's a member of Trupanion's breeder support program. And she shared the following testimonial with us. She said that Trupanion has been the best and saved me thousands of dollars. My puppy buyers love it and I hope they always stick with it. A dog is never going to have an accident on payday. It's always when the money is tight. Cindy, you are dead on about that. So take a moment, guys. Sign up for Trupanion's free breeder support program now so you and your litters can be prepared for anything. Get started by heading over to my partner page, puredogtalk.com. Hey, Marty. 
Hi. And we did have a blast at the show. It was great hanging out with hung out with Revival, our Revival peeps. Yep. Shout out to Revival for supporting the podcast, for supporting Dr. Marty. We love our Revival folks. So that was really fun. Yes, indeed it was. So where do you want to start? Let's start with Puppy Strangles because that was the one that somebody specifically okay. requested. And I don't think there's a full podcast in Puppy Strangles. So we'll do that and we'll spin off into our others. Okay. I don't know, Laura. We always go down rabbit holes. So we <laughs> There's so find many rabbit holes. Oh my God. I know. I'm surprised we haven't broken a leg or something. <laughs> Be another thing. Puppy, so, strangles. puppy Strangles. Otherwise known as juvenile cellulitis, or there's a few other names for it as well. Essentially what it is, is it's an allergic reaction or an over immune reaction to bacteria that are normally found on the skin. So we normally see streps and staph on the skin of mammals, puppies, humans, whatever. And in a small population of puppies, we see this allergic reaction. And the reason we call it strangles is because the lymph nodes in the neck become enlarged, hugely enlarged. And sometimes that's the first symptoms that are seen. Sometimes there's skin lesions that are noticed first. They typically start on the lips, at the very front of the face, at the very front of the lips, and then they'll move back, and then they'll move to the eyelids, and then they'll move to the ears. It's sort of like when you have an anaphylactic reaction in a dog got a vaccination or a bee sting. It starts at the very tip of the nose and then moves its way back to the... the so describe the lesions for us, Marty. What are people going to actually see on their puppies that's going to twist sure. them to being strangles? So they'll see open draining wounds. And they'll be really sticky. There's a lot of serum that comes out of them. So they're really sticky, gooey, messy things. But not green uh, pussy. No, not green pussy, but more yellow and serum-y and sticky mm. and gross. Now, the last puppy I saw started with just the enlarged lymph nodes and there weren't any lesions on the face. But I think it's because they just recognized it so early that they came right in. And of course, my staff has seen enough of these now that they diagnose it over the phone. They're like, oh, it strangles. You need to get in the car now. Mm -hmm. So you need to come in. We typically will see it in often more than one puppy in the litter. The disturbing part about it is that it looks like a bacterial infection. It looks like cellulitis. Insides of the ears can get really gooey and sticky and messy. The lips, the nose, the whole face just tends to kind of blow up on you. But the scary part is that it requires a combination of an antibiotic and a steroid. Steroid. And that's the part that's really tough. When are we going to see this, Marty? How old are the puppies going to be when we start to see this? Good question. Usually about 6 to 12 weeks and most commonly seen in golden retrievers. Often in Labradors, I've seen it in a standard poodle. I've seen it in other breeds as well. But most commonly, it's in Goldens and Labs or the Golden Retriever or Labrador crosses, the doodles, the Golden Doodles, the Labradoodles, the Australian Labradoodles, those. And there's definitely a genetic basis to it. Right. I was just going to say that. And Mm -hmm. you and I talked a little bit, and I want to really drill down on this because it applies to this entire conversation, autoimmune disease versus mm-hmm. immune mediated. Right. Tell which one is which and which this is. Yes. So this is immune mediated, meaning that it's the immune system's reaction to the bacteria that causes the disease. It's not the bacteria itself. That's normal bacteria to have there. It's the body's immune response that it overreacts to this bacterial infection. The difference between that and an autoimmune disease is autoimmune means auto, meaning yourself, immune. So it's attacking your own cells. So that's autoimmune hemolytic anemia, 
thrombocytopenia, lupus, pemphigus, rheumatoid arthritis, a lot of those kinds of disorders that are your own cells that your body is attacking. This is your body attacking the bacteria, but in an inappropriate level and an inappropriate response. And we'll often see it in more than one puppy in a litter. So it is not unusual to see multiple puppies affected because they have similar or the same genetics. So those are all really important things. And the tricky part is that it requires a steroid to treat because you have to knock down the immune response. And we also treat with an oral antibiotic, usually Clavamox or Simple Ceph, something that's good for bacteria on the skin. And then for topicals, I usually use Domboro, which is a really old product. It's not a prescription item, but you have to go to the pharmacy and ask for it. The other drugs you need from your veterinarian because you'll need a prescription, but the Domboro is over-the-counter but behind the counter, so I don't really understand why it's always behind the counter. I don't know who makes it into something else, but there it is. So basically what you want to do is keep the lesions dried out because they're sticky, gooey, messy, and you want to dry them out with the Domboro, but you don't want to scrub the lesions. You don't want to do anything that's going to cause scarring. And if these are carefully treated and aggressively treated enough with steroids, they will heal and they don't lead to any other immune disease as the dog gets older. So it's not a deal breaker for somebody to buy a puppy. If you were told the puppy had strangles, don't breed her to the same line of dogs that she or he was from. But it doesn't mean you can't have them and it doesn't mean that they are going to have other immune-mediated diseases as they age. So it's perfectly fine. And if you want to breed those parents again, just don't breed them to each other again. So breed her to a different male, breed him to a different female, preferably one that you've asked about strangles or cellulitis or whatever you know disease you want to call it. But just don't mix that batch together again because I can almost promise you if you do it again, you know the definition of insanity, Doing the you'll same get it again. again and expecting a different result. Now, yes. because it is immune mediated, though you yep. will see more than one puppy in a litter, it's because those puppies each have a compromised immune system, not because it's contagious. Yes? Correct. It's not contagious. It's all the bacteria that's on the skin. It's sort of like Demodex. Mm -hmm. Demodex happens because your immune system doesn't we were know gonna, how to we respond. We're going to segue right that to puppy Demodex around the eyes where they lose their hair. Right. And Demodex is a little bit different. It tends to be a dry lesion, tends to be hair loss. The puppies tend to be a little bit older around the eyes, around the lips, on the feet, patches around on the skin. Again, it's an immune-mediated disease because it's the B cells in the body that don't adequately get rid of the mites. Everybody that's born is exposed to Demodex. Puppies are all exposed as they come through the birth canal, as they nurse, as they're moving around. It's not contagious one dog to another like other kinds of mites like Chylidiella and scabies mites. Everybody's exposed to it, but if your immune system doesn't go, hey, that's a mite, and take care of it, then your dog has an immune-mediated disease. Again, it doesn't lead to other conditions. I have clients that get a little freaked out about it. And in the old days, Demodex used to be a death sentence. Puppies used to die from it back when I graduated from veterinary school, back when you had to ride a bicycle to power the x-ray machine. Dogs died from Katie Demodex. Crockett was just a boy. But, exactly. But Demodex now gets so well treated with Brevecto, Semperica, Cordelia, and Nexgard that many times... We're probably completely missing the fact that we have a dog that carries the genetics for it because those puppies are put so routinely on those medications that it never erupts. Now, I had a Doberman that came in a year ago 
to the practice that had the most ghastly looking skin lesions on his feet, on his face, all over his body, on his rectum. He was a wreck. I mean, he looked terrible. I thought he might have cutaneous lymphoma. It was so serious. Mm. We biopsied him and yep, it was Demodex. So yes, you can cure it, but please, if a dog has Demodex that bad, Please don't use that dog in a breeding program because you're going to have that happening generation after generation. So be smart about your breeding. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, guys. Whether you're a first-time breeder or a seasoned veteran, it's not just a litter. It's your legacy. Each puppy represents your hard work, your dedication, and it shows your commitment to the next generation. Revival is honored to support you every step of the way. You can find everything you need to support your litters and the health of your dams and sires with Breeders Edge, Revival's premium line of reproductive and neonatal health products. Breeders Edge was actually developed with the help of our very own Dr. Marty Greer, Revival's Director of Veterinary Services, and a leading expert in canine reproduction and neonatal care. Breeders also rely on Revival, the pet vaccine experts, for vaccine selection and safe shipping to give their litters the protection they need. Revival's online pharmacy serves breeders with a wide variety of prescription medications, plus a knowledgeable staff that's always ready to answer any questions. Grow your own healthy legacy with help from Revival Animal Health. And check this out one time only, $15 off your order of $99 or more by using the code PODCAST15. You can use this code by calling 800-786-4751 or stopping by www.revivalanimal.com. So those immune-mediated diseases, immune-mediated thyroiditis, for example, right? All of these immune-mediated diseases are a thing. So my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, puppy pyoderma falls into that same category, yes? Well, probably, but on a less severe level. Okay. So puppy pyoderma, you know, a fair number of puppies have it, especially the little girls. A lot of golden retrievers have it right in front of their vulva on their tummies where there's not much hair. They get urine scalds. They they develop some bacteria. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's not a really serious condition. And anytime I can treat something topically just with cleaning it with wipes or with chlorhexidine or a shampoo or applying a nice type of a cream or an ointment to it and get rid of it without using an oral antibiotic, I'm going to. The same with vaginitis and balanopositis in the boys. Do not routinely put your little girls that have vaginitis or your little boys that have balanopositis, that green pussy stuff that comes out of the tip of the prepuce. They don't need to be on an antibiotic for that. It's not serious. Treat it locally. Be smart about it. There's a product that I found when I was at SuperZoo that's called Silver Honey. It's a combination of silver sulfadiazine and manuka honey. Really cool product. That's a don't cool need a prescription product. for it. Find that. Yeah, it's good for open wounds. It's good for a lot of these conditions. So you can very easily treat those topically. So please don't run to the vet or open up your drawer and put the puppy on antibiotics unnecessarily because at some point in their life, you're going to need an antibiotic. And if you blow 
too many chances to use an antibiotic, you're going to end up with resistant bacteria. So be smart about it. And that's why the silver honey is great. I looked at it. I handled it at the Super Zoo. What's a little off-putting about it is it's gray, but it's a fabulous product. You expect creams to come out white. It's gray. Gray is a little off-putting, as you say. It is. Talk to us. But it works. I don't think we've ever even touched on this. The green goo out of the boy parts. Yeah, I mean, everybody sees it. Everybody has it. I got an older puppy, Spinonia, yeah. out here. I'm working on it. Talk to us about yeah. treating that topically. I just keep it clean. I'll use baby wipes on the outside. If I need to flush, I can certainly flush with some saline and just clean it up. You want to sometimes pull the prepuce back, especially if it's a long-coated dog, and make sure that there's not hair up in there or wrapped around the penis so that that can cause a problem. So you can flush it. I've seen a couple male dogs with the smegma, the normal balanopositis discharge called smegma, which is a nice word. It's not schmegma. It's smegma. Um, it's a lovely it's word that you should... Schmegma. <laughs> yeah. Put this in your vocabulary so you sound like you're talking about something scientific. And I've seen a couple of them that have had that get really thick and pasty and really nasty. So there's a couple dogs that we just routinely have them come in and we kind of have to clean things up because obviously they're not good at doing it. like what you would do with a horse where you flush the sheets? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can flush it. You can use a little panelog. You can squirt a little panelog up into there because that tip on the tube of panelog, Animax, Quadratop, whatever the drug is called this week, depending on what's available. The same tip that goes down on the ears does a great job of going into the prepuce. Don't stick it in the penis. Stick it into right, the prepuce. Don't stick it in the hole around. in the end no. of the boner. Put it in no, the no, sheets, no. guys. <laughs> correct. Yeah, correct. Don't get carried away. But it will easily clean up. On the little girls, I used aloe baby wipes. There's no reason to run out and use an antibiotic. I'm kind of surprised at the number of veterinarians that prescribe something heavy duty for something that's really not all that abnormal. Mm -hmm. It's normal to have those discharges. You just have to keep them clean. Mm -hmm. Dogs don't have the best hygiene in the world, so just clean them up. Wear some gloves if you feel like you need to. Help sister out, man. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So then there's the one that traumatized me as a teenager. Neonatal ophthalmia. Uh, yeah, that one. Ophthalmia. Ophthalmia. There you go. How did that even happen? Well, somehow bacteria got behind the sealed eyelids before they opened eyes. I've seen it happen with females that have had metritis. If you read the literature, it says that it's in unclean conditions. Well, in my experience, it has been households that are incredibly clean, like you could eat off their floors. But there's bacteria in the environment, often from the bitch having metritis or mastitis, something in the environment, and the bacteria gets behind the sealed eyelids and turns into this little pocket of pus. It's quite disgusting. It is quite disgusting. And the particular wire hair pointer that we had when this happened decided to go swimming in the beaver pond while she was nursing the puppies. Yeah, that could do it. Yeah. So I've told people if they have metritis in their females that they need to watch the puppies. And I actually had one that the bitch had metritis two years in a row. I told her the first year to watch for it. The second year, I didn't see her. One of my associates did. But she immediately recognized when she ended up with neonatal ophthalmia. And this is one of the rare occurrences that the ophthalmologists talk to the repro people and say, you have to warn your people if they see this, this is a medical emergency. You need to come in immediately, get the eyelids open, get them on oral and topical antibiotics, and you'll save their vision. And I have seen multiple puppies 
because it wasn't recognized, either the puppy didn't have enough swelling for the owner to recognize it or the eyelids didn't open on time or a variety of different things. And the puppies can be blind. I had one puppy that was blind in both eyes. So it's very serious and needs to be handled. Now, you can open the eyelids yourself if you feel comfortable doing that. I actually have a friend that's a veterinarian. This is me shaking my head. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Back and forth. I had a veterinarian call me and he said, I called the vet school and they told me I have to open the eyelids right away. I'm like, yeah, that's true. And he said, well, I can't do it. They're my own puppies. I'm like, that's fine, doc. You know, just come on in. We'll help you out. (laughs) So it's a little bit shocking. I do have videos because it's impressive, we'll just say, when you get the eyelids to open up the amount of pus that's there and the force at which it will come out can be impressive. It's very rewarding for those people who are no, like I, the people I am who not like a Dr. Pimple Popper, so just don't even go there with me. No, that's a no. It's a yeah. hard no. It's like shut down no. I know, but we have people that enjoy it and you can sell tickets to it. But nevertheless, it needs to be done. And if you're comfortable doing it, great, but you still need to see the vet to get oral and topical antibiotics, eye drops or eye ointment, and an oral antibiotic like Clavamox to get it under control. Because if you don't adequately get these managed, the puppy will lose their vision. And that's really quite a tragic event to have a puppy that would have been otherwise completely normal lose their vision to this. Right. And the one that we had, I think this particular litter was, I don't think it was the litter of 14. It might have been the litter when my mom had her car accident. I don't remember. All I remember is it was a lot and it was a little traumatizing as a young person. So that doesn't to me sound like you're saying that's got an autoimmune mediated basis. No, that's just that's an unfortunate bacterial location behind the eyelid. So I would agree with you. That is not immune mediated. It's just gross. (laughs) Yes, it's gross. Super gross. Mm -hmm. Officially. All right. So we have a few minutes left. So let's carry on just a bit if we could, because to me, this is absolutely fascinating. And I also think really important. I still every now and then kind of question my knowledge on this one. So autoimmune mediated autoimmune disease. Autoimmune mediated is, we think of it maybe as a weak immune system. Maybe not weak, maybe too good. Okay. Maybe so good that it recognized your own body's cells as being foreign cells. And so it starts to attack themselves. So it is thyroid disease. It is autoimmune hemolytic anemia. It is lupus or discoid lupus or pemphigus where they get lesions around their mucous membranes, which is the lips, the eyelids, the ears, the prepuce, the vulva, and the nail beds. There's slow, which is a SLO, which is an attack of the immune system around the nail beds themselves specific to that. So there's a lot of different versions. People have lupus. People have rheumatoid mm-hmm. arthritis. Dogs actually but can have rheumatoid arthritis. those are all autoimmune too. diseases. Those are That's autoimmune. the too good immune system. That's too good an immune system. The autoimmune mediated. Just immune mediated. Drop the auto part. Oh, Just okay. immune mediated. Sorry. My bad. Thank you. See, this is, I think, the problem. Immune mediated, right? Right. That's the one that's maybe not as good in an immune system. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Some part of the immune system doesn't work correctly, doesn't identify correctly what it's supposed to be doing. So then you do end up with some of these issues. The immune system is an interesting organ in your body, an interesting system in your body, and it's kind of hard to understand. Sometimes we're immunosuppressed by certain diseases. In cats, we see FIV and leukemia. In dogs, we can see immune-mediated or 
other diseases that suppress the immune system. In people, we certainly have them. We have HIV. We have other things like chemotherapy. There's a lot of new drugs that are on the market now on the human side that affect the immune system so that treats Crohn's disease and, oh, let's see what else. There's a number of these drugs that have come to market for rheumatoid arthritis and other immune-mediated diseases. Those are all immunosuppressive, deliberately telling the immune system to back off and not be quite so aggressive with tissues. So it's kind of interesting to see those. And then we have a whole different class of drugs that are coming to market. There has been one on the market on the veterinary side. We're going to see two more come out pretty soon. They're going to be the monoclonal antibody. They're not really immune-mediated, but they are an antibody that your body should have in it. And so we've already seen Silencia, which is the feline arthritis drug. The equivalent to that for dogs is Labrella. That's going to be coming to market fairly soon. Okay. We've seen Cytopoint, which is an injectable allergy medication. 100%. And soon we will also be seeing in the next several days to weeks, we will be seeing the Alanco product for parvovirus. So it will be specifically able to target the parvovirus with a monoclonal antibody that's aimed at parvo. This is totally going to be a game changer in shelters and kennels where parvovirus was out. Yeah, it is huge. huge. Yeah. So again, it gets back to the immune system and how we can now manipulate it in ways that we've never been able to manipulate it before. So it's going to be really interesting to see what all comes down the road. Those are the drugs that I'm aware of, and I'm just a practitioner, so I'm not a research person. I'm not telling you anything. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you. You can look those up online and find them. But about a year ago, we did, a little over a year ago, in my own dogs, I did one of the clinical trials for Alanco for the Parvo product to see if it was safe. So I injected 30 of my own dogs, 30, because I had two litters of puppies plus my adult dogs. Oh. Of my own dogs, I trusted Alanco and said, okay, you say it's safe. Here we go. Put it into every one of my dogs. And it is unbelievable. My little puppy, who's now a year and a half old, when she was 24 weeks of age, still did not have the ability to respond to the Parvo vaccine because the monoclonal antibody blocked her immune system's ability to respond to the vaccine. So I had to continue to vaccinate her out to an age that was far older than you would expect. But it gave me the confidence to say, when this product comes to market, man, I'm going to have my hands on it. It's not going to be cheap. It's going to have to be administered intravenously. So your vet's going to have it. It has to be kept in a deep freeze like not a right. door freezer, but a chest Similar freezer. Similar to like the COVID drugs that we, that yep. we interact with. Shipped on dry ice, but it's going to be amazing. So, And this is a it's vaccine almost, or a treatment no, for Parvo? The treatment for Parvo. So mm-hmm. if you have a puppy that's sick with it, or if you have an outbreak happening in your kennel, mm-hmm. you will be able to talk to your veterinarian. It's not going to be cheap. But if you have puppies that are worth thousands of dollars, treating them for hundreds of dollars is better than losing thousands of dollars of puppies. So it's going to be one of those products that is going to completely change the way we manage some of these diseases. So we've gone way off track from where we started today. We started with squirrels. I'm pretty sure we said squirrels in the beginning. (laughs) But we did start with immune-mediated and transition into a discussion of immune-mediated versus autoimmune. So this seems like it's still on point, even if it's super tangential. (laughs) 
Right, but it's still an immune product. And I want people to know about this because it's Mm -hmm. going to take a little while Mm -hmm. before all the veterinarians out there know about it. Mm -hmm. So you should be aware of it. There was a presentation I saw last night online where Alanka was presenting it. So this is not a secret. This is not something that I'm revealing. Although it's breaking news to me and I pay attention to these things. So I don't even know what they're going to call it. I know what they called the study because I had a secret code name for it. But it's going to be like super cool to see what this does for shelters and rescues and breeders that historically have lost puppies. Because once you get parvo and one puppy in your kennel, you're done, man. You are in trouble. Well, yeah. and it stays so. on your property. I don't care how much you can bring in gallons of bleach. It's on your property, man. Yeah. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see mm-hmm. what this drug does, but to see what other drugs in this drug class can do for right. us. For our health, for the health of our pets, it's going to be incredible to watch. So hang on, folks, because it's going to be cool. It's going to be a wild ride. All right, Marty, thank you for following me down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Much appreciated. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah, we managed to get in a lot of trouble together. Tiny little bit. Y'all just keep your bolo, as they say. Be on the lookout. There may be fun stuff that Marty and I are doing in the future, so... Just a tiny tidbit on the DL to listeners here. Just keep your ears open. Yep. Cool stuff's coming. Good stuff's coming. Good night. Good night. All right, crew. I hear from folks pretty much daily asking for a specific topic or for a series of podcasts on a topic. So ask and you shall receive. (laughs) I've done all the hard work. I've sorted, searched, and compiled eight different albums from the archives on our most popular topics. And when I say there's a podcast for that, I ain't just a woofin. Getting yours today is super simple. Just jump on puredogtalk.com backslash store and click the PDT albums image. And when you're in there, you're going to find a collection of veterinary voices. You're going to find a collection for breeding and whelping hands-on. You'll find Pure Dog Talk University on dog breeding. Love the breeds. Up your game. Owner handlers, the interviews, events and sports. There is so much there. And once you're in those links, you'll be able to read the details of the topic. For a special introductory price of a buck ninety-nine, you get a link to dozens, up to more than a hundred episodes on these specific topics. And while you're there, if you or a friend or family member are just getting started, even just starting a search for your first well-bred purebred dog, you can also check out Auntie Laura's Beginner's Guide to Show Dogs at puredogtalk.com backslash book to get the foundational Pure Dog Talk episodes with bonus tracks. So hop on it, y'all. These special prices will not last. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. 
If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our Dog Show Superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers Desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk.